KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. When we think about heart attacks, we usually picture men having them, but they are a serious risk for women, too. Even doctors and scientists have not focused as much on heart disease in women. I was taught in medical school that this was a man's disease. And I can tell you that we haven't made that progress over 35 years later. Dr. Stacy Rosen is on the Scientific Advisory Board of the Women's Heart Alliance. She says heart disease is actually the leading cause of preventable death among women. Women die of heart attacks at twice the rate of men, and heart attacks can look very different in women. So women have to be taught that anything that doesn't feel right needs to be brought to the attention of their doctors. But we also need to educate the healthcare community that women need to be treated as if these less common symptoms could be a sign of a heart attack. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers, get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. We're talking with Dr. Rosen about a new PSA for American Heart Month in February and what the Women's Heart Alliance wants people to know about the risks and signs of heart disease in women. I feel like as a layman, I most of the time hear heart disease connected with men, but read some really shocking statistics that this is a serious situation for women and maybe more serious than for men? Yeah. Heart disease remains the number one killer of American women. And the misperception that this is a male's disease has been a decades-long challenge for us. How do we get here for that? Like, how did that happen? Is that just that one misunderstanding kind of led to another and it starts to snowball? How do we get here? Yeah, no, that's a fabulous question. So, you know, historically in medicine and research, we accepted a male model for healthcare. We thought that men were easier to study. We thought that the pesky hormones that women may have differences of throughout a month or a lifetime made them harder to study. And we honestly, even at the beginning of my career, and I'm not that old, thought that women didn't get heart attacks. We only studied men. We excluded women from trials. And we thought only women's reproductive organs made them different. And interestingly, the year that I graduated from medical school, which was 1985, was the first year that more women died in the United States of heart disease than men. So for the first decade of my training and practice, that's what I was taught. And then we started seeing more women coming in and they came in later and they did worse And we realized that not only was this not a man's disease, but we were totally mistaken in studying men and assuming we can extrapolate them as if women were little men. So yes, it was sort of one mistake or one assumption in the medical community that then was compounded and compounded. And it wasn't until we realized, because we saw the statistics, that more women were dying of heart disease than men. And although that we've made changes There's still challenges for women with regard to perception, treatment, and prevention strategies that still impact negatively on women in a different way. And I guess it just kind of goes to show once kind of a a talking point takes hold that it is incredibly difficult to kind of dislodge that. Because like I said, coming into this, if you would have asked me cold, I would have said, oh, it's probably men by like a five to one margin. Well, it's interesting you should say that. So we looked at that. Everything that the cardiology world does, the Heart Alliance, the American Heart Association, we do with data and science. 
And there have been studies done every few years over the last, you know, more than a decade to identify women's perceptions of their risk. And we've never done very well over time. You know, as best we could, we got to about a little past 55% of white women knowing that it's their number one risk. That knowledge is less in Blacks and Latinas. And the last time we did this research, we found that we're actually going backwards, that fewer women know that this is their number one risk of death and disability, or not knowing that this is something that is predominantly preventable. So when it comes to heart disease, heart attacks in women, what are the risk factors? What puts women at risk here? I let people know that because the vast majority of American women have at least one risk factor, assume that you have a risk factor for heart disease. It's kind of safer that way. And assume that it's never too early to start identifying your risks and seeing what impact that could have. So we even think of women in their 20s who may only be seeing a gynecologist as their one primary care provider, that that care should not be around just their reproductive issues, but do you have traditional risk factors, diabetes, hypertension, family history, cholesterol, tobacco use? We've then learned that there are specific women's added risk factors. So some of the reproductive issue questions whether you have something called polycystic ovaries or endometriosis, when you started your period, when your mother and grandmother may have stopped getting their period. Even pregnancy-related issues are things that may put women at higher risk over a lifetime. And our goal, really, in the Women's Heart Alliance, the Heart Association, is to empower women. You need to own this, that, you know, as a young woman, looking into opportunities to identify risk, asking the right questions, expecting or demanding the right evaluations and the right responses from your clinician, and then learning how to optimize your health and minimize these risks is something that each of us can can take better control of. If things start to go sideways and a woman is having a heart attack, are there signs specific to women that maybe if you try to superimpose the signs that you would see in a man, that that would be different. Are there unique things to look for? Yeah, so that's a wonderful question, particularly because what the data is showing us is that younger women, even though we are sort of turning the curve, as we say, and improving outcomes for older women, the one demographic in whom we're not really doing as good a job as we need to are young women with heart attacks. So, so the first thing is we used to discuss if it's not heaviness in your chest, then it can't be a heart attack. And we know now that that isn't true. More women are likely to have that traditional, what we call the Hollywood heart attack, you know, an elephant sitting on your chest. They are still more than 50% likely to have that as a symptom, but they're much more likely than men to have other accompanying symptoms that may be less commonly seen. Generalized fatigue, jaw pain. I've had women who have seen dentist after dentist for discomfort in their jaw when they were really having the symptoms of a brewing heart attack. Back pain, breathlessness, fatigue. So women have to be taught that anything that doesn't feel right needs to be brought to the attention of their doctors. Women have a tendency to take care of everyone else before themselves, and that becomes part of the challenge. But we also need to educate the healthcare community that 
women need to be treated as if these less common symptoms could be a sign of a heart attack. Women are treated more slowly when they come to an emergency room with symptoms. Women are treated less, are less likely to be treated with what we call guideline-based medications and treatments because they're still not taken as seriously when they do bring themselves to healthcare. So imagine we can improve this in both ways, empowering women to know their risks, to know that their signs and symptoms could be different, to put themselves on their to-do list, advocate for themselves, but simultaneously educating the clinical world, the medical world, that we need to take women seriously when they come to us, both for prevention and for early identification of symptoms. I'm curious, what do you think's the harder lift, convincing the public or convincing medical professionals? I live in both lanes, and, and I think that we need to drive high speed in both lanes. Educating the public is what I show gratitude to you and your listeners for, because these opportunities are incredibly important for us. We need to take a break on KYW News Radio in depth. We will continue our conversation with Dr. Stacy Rosen in just a moment. But right now, there's nothing quite like the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid when it comes to exhilarating efficiency. With hybrid technology and thrilling capability, these vehicles deliver an electrifying performance on every drive. This new year, discover for yourself what truly makes these hybrids special. Redefine your driving experience with Honda, KBB.com's best value brand of 2023. Contact your local Honda dealer today about the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid. And now on KYW News Radio in depth, let's continue our conversation about heart disease in women with Dr. Stacy Rosen. From an age standpoint, is the the risk scale different for women than it is for men? And if so, like what are kind of the ages where we should even heighten concern even more? So if you take the average woman, an average woman will get a heart attack 10 years later than an average man. But I've never met an average woman or man in my office. So on odds, you know, for, for in generalities, women are protected a little longer uh, while they're menstruating, while they get their periods. You know, it's why early menopause is a risk. But on the other hand, every individual is different. We, we still want women to know their individual risks, know their individual body, exercise capacity, et cetera. So in general, older for women, but again, everybody's risk factor profile is, is unique and everybody's presentation is unique. And I know you guys are part of this, this PSA push to get this word out. Uh, talk a little bit about what you guys are doing from that standpoint to try to raise awareness. The Women's Health Alliance was started to really raise awareness, be action-driven, so that this wasn't just information that wasn't usable, but also to drive new research. Um, and this raises an, a national awareness campaign. It's a great PSA. The website to learn more is either womensheartalliance.org or getheartchecked.org, because the importance for us is that we empower women with the knowledge launching a revolution almost, that this isn't okay. And we want there to be actionable information that then people can bring to their clinicians, share with their family members. You know, women run their families, let's be honest. So we know that getting this information to women and hopefully empowering them to make changes, to ask more questions, to not be um, ignored or, or slow to be treated when you come to an emergency room is really critical. 
people hear the PSAs, listen to our discussion, and want to do something, what's kind of what would you suggest to people are kind of one, two, three on the checklist of, of things they can do? Because I think one of the things with stuff like this, a lot of times it can feel overwhelming or it can feel like I don't know where to start. Like, so give so give us some tangible steps that people can get started, even if they're not having any problems or not worried about having, but just so that it can get on the radar. So I, I definitely encourage your listeners to go to getheartcheck.org. The three things is first to know that virtually every one of us is at risk for heart disease and the optimization begins in your 20s, maybe even in your teens. So the idea of as a young person identifying your risks for heart disease, do I have high blood pressure? Is my cholesterol, my weight? Asking your parents, your grandparents, is there any significant family history? So putting together your own set of questions for your clinician, I think in your young age is really important. I think the second thing is identifying a primary care clinician, gynecologist, family medicine, internal medicine, nurse practitioner, somebody who becomes your partner in health. And I think for too many women, we put our families first. We would never visit, you know, forget a visit of a child's pediatrician or an elderly parent, but we always put our things off. And, and so identifying and having regular checkups with a single clinician, I think is critical. And then using the resources that are available on these websites to make the small changes and small things that can impact on you. You don't have to run a marathon, for instance, to be heart healthy, but maybe there's 10 minutes a day of walking that you could do more. Maybe instead of some of the food decisions you make, you don't need to be plant-based, but maybe a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more comfort in questioning a clinician or an expert to what sorts of things that you can do so that these decisions that you can do on your own become the default, not something you dread or hate, but something that becomes part of how you live. So we kind of talked about one of the the hills to climb here is getting medical professionals to to take concerns seriously just because of how the talking points had been structured for decades. How would you suggest women make sure they are taken seriously and make sure they are heard when they're in the doctor's office? Firstly, give yourself permission to be at the top of your to-do list. You know, if you're not healthy, then you can't take care of your family and do all the millions of roles that so many women have every day. So prioritize your health care. Come prepared with information. I joke that you'd never go to an accountant without all of your paperwork. So spend some time putting together and writing on a digital you know, document your history, all of your medical history, your medication use, your testing. Uh, we all like to assume that the healthcare world speaks to each other and has perfect communication strategies. Well, we don't. So you putting together your history and maintaining it, I think is important. For many, I suggest that when they go for a checkup, they bring someone with them. Maybe come with a, uh, someone who can listen in. It's often um, challenging, particularly if you hear bad news, to then ask the next set of questions. Come with a piece of paper, ask the clinician if you can record the conversation. Come with your questions. You know, Go to that clinical visit prepared. So that, again, you really feel that you are in control of the conversation, of the outcome. And then finally, know that there's no such thing as one single best doctor. I always smile when someone asks me that question. The best doctor is somebody who's got the requisite skill sets, 
but also can communicate with you in a style and a manner that you like so that you feel able to ask questions, put push back, question somebody's thoughts, and, and potentially get a second opinion or see another doctor if you feel that you're not being heard. Again, women would always do that quickly for a family member, but somehow become different people. You know, if I may also just double down on the question of how we change the clinical world, the medical world, you know, I, I can tell you that I was taught in medical school that this was a man's disease. And I can tell you that we haven't made that first progress over 35 years later. We are still not prioritizing what we call a sex and gender informed curriculum in medical schools, in training. And so many of us are actually part of our work is focusing on just that. How do we make the next generation of scientists and clinicians aware of the importance that women's health, particularly in the heart example, but in other areas as well, is particularly different and needs to be studied as an important variable. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.